Hello and welcome to the Potters Podcast on a great week for Stoke. It's been actually a good couple of games really, anti-tang. It's been delightful to see they've been playing. They look fitter, they look better at the moment. It just goes to show what a bit of confidence can do. That equaliser at Burnley and then a good win against Sheffield United and then a really impressive performance at Deepdale. We're now in 11th on, on 19 points and... Daft as it seems, uh, there were people not too far away from me on this podcast who laughed at me when I said we'd make the playoffs. Well, we're three points away at the moment, Ian. Well, you never know, do you? But what we're going to start doing is, is slating them every week because whenever we give them a really good <laughs> slating, they seem to come back firing and start doing yeah, well. Yeah, they look like they're building now, don't they? I mean, look, it could, the wheels could all fall off again this weekend because we got people think they're two easy matches. There's no easy matches we know in this division, but Rotherham and Coventry are probably easier than most. And uh, let's don't do a stoke. Let's just get six points from these two these two matches and, and build into something bigger. Well, it is. It's been all over the place, hasn't it, recently? Because the teams that you thought were going to run away with it are starting to falter in form. I think Norwich have lost two on the bounce now, haven't they? Sheffield United have fallen off a cliff, which is great news. It, it's been a strange one, hasn't it, over the last couple of weeks? Like Stoke all of a sudden looked like a team that was going to go down after the horrendous result against Watford, which we slated and deservedly so. But it's all turned round, hasn't it? It's been amazing. But, I mean, firstly, I'll have to go on to the Sheffield United match. I mean, you were there, obviously. So let's just cover that quickly before we move into, obviously, player 18. I thought Stoke did really well against Sheffield United. I thought they 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 looked good. I, look, Sheffield could have scored in the first couple of minutes. Had they done that, the game would have been different. But they didn't. And I thought Stoke deserved the deserved the win. And I have to say that I thought Yangielka was one of the main reasons why the defence looked so sound. Uh, and as we're going to come on to yesterday's match again in a minute, I won't say any more than that. But I thought he was outstanding. And to score a goal in the manner he did just was the icing on the cake for me. Well, yeah, he has. He's been brilliant, and we'll cover that obviously in the player ratings when we talk about Jafel Jagielka. But there's been a lot of press talk this so far this week about Dwight Gale. Now, what are your feelings on Dwight Gale at this moment in time? I think Dwight Gale has obviously lost a lot yards of his pace. He's not the player that he was when we wanted him years ago. But having seen him in the last couple of matches, and particularly yesterday, he works so hard. He creates so much space. I mean, he made Smallbone's goal. He, he, can, he actually made the, he made the goal with the run. His creativity and his, his getting into space is as good as anybody I've seen in this division. And I thought he was one of... Look, there were no bad performances yesterday. I thought he was one of the better ones. And, and he'd be in my starting 11 every time. He would, he would absolutely... He had one header and he, had his, he held his head in his hands after because we all thought it was in. And just he just has the look of every striker that comes to Stoke in the last few years. It went inches past the post, but great performance for me. And it's only a matter of time before some of the six or seven goals that have been disallowed start going in and being allowed, I think. Well, yeah, he just needs a goal, isn't he? That's, that's what I'm going to discuss about Dwight Gale. But, but obviously, before we go into player ratings, we'll talk about the match facts, obviously, the stats that went out. Possession-wise, Preston had majority. They had 50%, 53% possession to R47%. They only had two shots where we had 18. They had none on target where we had six. They had three corners. We had six. 
Fouls, we had 11, which is starting to get worried me now. We seem to be very high on the, the foul stats. And they had nine. So it seems like a very dominant display, doesn't it? Well, it, it was a dominant display. But what, what I thought was really good was in the past, for the past few years, we've grabbed a goal and then it's been all hands on deck to preserve that goal if we have gone a, a head away. But I thought we looked inventive. I thought we created loads. I thought we were way the best team. I mean, the second half, um, we looked dangerous every time we had the ball. And and the way we're switching play now, you know, we're doing the, the odd one-touch pass and uh, getting ball through the Preston's defence. It was, I thought, it was really good. And um, when you're club away from home, did you say forty-seven percent possession, Ian? Yeah, forty-seven. Yeah, that's pretty good, isn't it? Well, it is. Yeah, away from home. I mean, we can. They can try to control the game, didn't they? That McCann. I thought Sean for them, to be honest, a good pass for the ball, he's a good move. I mean, his contract's up at the end of the season. He's only 22. He's a midfielder I'd be looking at, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. They've got a few good players. I think their biggest issue is up front, isn't it? I think, that, to be honest, when I watched Preston yesterday, they reminded of us about, I don't know, under Michael O'Neill, where we, we looked like we could control the game, but we couldn't create anything. No, well, yeah, I, I think that's true. Right, so... Obviously, everyone's favourite part of the week. And just to remind everybody, it's still 1-0 to me on the game because no-one's predicted anything right since. <laughs> I'll just get that in. Still winning. Um, and we'll go in with player 18. So we go straight in with goalkeeper Joe Berzik. Well, he didn't have a lot to do. Uh, what he did, I thought he did well. So he gets seven from me. Well, for me, he did what he needed to do, as, as you've said. I thought he, he, he collected well. He, he commanded his box well yesterday, and he has done the last couple of games. And I'm starting to see why Stoke has stuck with him. And if he carries on the way he has done, a bit of a worrying sign is that he needs a new contract for me. Uh, we've got to make a decision on that sooner rather than later because we don't want to let a very talented young goalkeeper go for nothing. We've done that before with Jack Butland, don't we? So... But he did everything he needed to do. He commanded his box. He collected it, everything he needed to do quite nicely. He gets a seven from me. Right, same as me. Right, well, I'm just saying. Right, now we're going to see Sterling. I like Sterling. He's a strong, powerful, athletic player. I thought he was excellent yesterday. Everything he had to do, he did well. Eight for me. I'm going to go... You copy me now. You are. I'm going to go in first next time. Yeah, Sterling, yeah, I'm going to go over eight as well. I thought he was brilliant. To be honest... He sets up well with Campbell. He was moving the ball with a, a delightful pace, which we haven't seen for a long time. As a wing back that can run up and down the pitch, great to no. see. I think he's got to improve on his delivery. Um, I thought there was a couple of wayward passes and crosses that we saw yesterday, but other than that, I thought he was brilliant. He got back and supported the defence and got forward and made some really good runs to get forward. And I was just really impressed. I've got to be honest, really impressed with him. Right, so now we go into Fox. Now, Morgan Fox, who neither of us really thought much of him uh, in the last couple of seasons. I'm still not his biggest fan, but since he's come back, he's been excellent. And it was his header to Gale that set up that lovely run for the first goal. And I thought Fox was really good yesterday, and he's getting an eight as well. Uh, he's getting a seven from me. Because I, don't, don't like I just, no, I'm not a big fan. But to be fair, he he didn't have a lot to do defensively. I'll be brutally honest. But it gave him that time didn't it, to relax and become a little bit more of a left back than an actual yeah. centre back yesterday, which I think suits him because he is a very good left back. I've always said that. He was steady. He 
he pushed the ball forward nicely. And he, he had a nice little partnership with Fosu as well. Nice little pop balls through to get him away. And I'm really impressed with Fosu, by the way. That's one thing I'm going to talk about later. But he does get a seven. I was very impressed. Okay. Now, we go in with, for me, got the what, up there as man of the match, Ben Wilmot. Well, I thought Ben Wilmot played really well. don't think he made any mistakes. Uh, but I thought there was a couple of other players that were slightly better than him. But Ben Wilmot is... Um, proving to be a very good acquisition, which we always hoped he would be, so he's getting an eight from me. No doubt you're going to give him more. No, he's getting an eight from me. I thought he was brilliant okay. yesterday, steady, great, great energy around the pitch as well. You know, trying to get him behind the midfield as well to support Loren, as he was called on Radio Stoke this weekend. I, I think he's he's getting there now, isn't he? Now he's played in his right position, and I've said this for a yeah. long time, you put him at right centre-back, he'll be a top defender for us. And he's starting to shine in that way. And it's it's great to see. Disagree any more than that. Go on. Now we move into, for me, close to the man of the match, and a player that I wrongfully said about two months ago probably needs to retire and that's Phil Jagielka I thought Phil Jagielka as, sorry I don't know I said it like that but Phil Jagielka rather like his Sheffield performance he never stops talking he's encouraging the back three, four, five all the time thought he was a bit of a rock yesterday and I'm giving him a nine I'm going to go with a nine as well for Phil Jagielka like I said he was close to man of the match in a very important block early doors against Robbie Brady, I think, in the early second half period, and just really guided the other two right. And you could tell when Fox was sort of getting lost as, as a centre back, he was shouting at him, telling him what to do. Yeah. Good leadership there, which is probably what we've needed for a while. And, you know, if he carries on like this, Harry Suter might not get back in the team. I mean, for, for his age, he's shining again. He, he, look, he looks fitter, he looks sharper, he doesn't look like his, his touch has gone. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Can't knock him at all. Right, now we go into Loren. You see, I thought Loren read the game better than anybody on the pitch yesterday and I thought he had his best game in the Stokes shirt. He did the simple things well, he kept the ball ticking over, he got some good tackles in uh, and I'm going to give him my man of the match. He's going to get nine and a half. Uh, he's getting a nine from me as well with Phil Jagielka. He's not going to be my man of the match. That goes to somebody else. I just loved how he was moving yesterday. How he was, he was, he was always nipping in and moving. He was passing, moving, passing, moving. And I said this before that if we can get him in, in as a box to box rather than a holding midfielder, he'll suit us better. And he looks like he's been playing in that position now. You know, there was a couple of times, especially in the second half, when he was helping out with the attacks. He was trying to support better. And I think, to be honest, I think if he carries on the way he's playing, he's going to be more influential than Lewis Baker. I've got to be honest, looked really good. And, yeah. you know, also supported the defence when it was that pace that we've been missing. They look so much fitter over the last over the last month. It's been untrue. Right, so now... I think a lot of that is to do with confidence as well, you know. Well, it could be due with confidence, but I think it's a regime change, to be honest. And I think they've obviously been put through the paces and they're looking sharper for it. Um, yeah. And it's obvious to see, really. Right, now we go into Lewis Baker. thought Lewis Baker was excellent. I've seen him play slightly better, but he did everything he had to do, but he's getting an eight from me. 
Yeah, dynamic again. Dynamic, it's the Lewis Baker we need to see. He was bobbing the ball forward. He was linking up well with Smallbone. He was trying to get Fosu away on the left-hand side. Really strong performance. And, you know, I want more of that from him, to be honest. Right, so yeah. now we're going to Fosu. Now, Fosu, I thought, I mean, whatever you think about the lad, he's not been playing in his right position for most of the time at Stoke. Thought he was, he never stopped running, he did a great performance. The only thing I find irritating is he always seems to end up slipping at vital times. He slides one way, then the other, but you can't fault him for effort. I thought he had a really good game, eight. Uh, an eight for me as well, Fosu. I thought he was brilliant. And it's Something that, wrong here. We've, we've agreed too much. Well, we, we've disagreed on man, uh, man, uh, man of the Match. I need to put my teeth in today. Yeah. But I think Fosu's been a really good addition to that left-hand side because he's not a left wing-back. He's more of a forward player, which is obvious to see with his running. He, he's always willing running to. He doesn't matter what happens, he's always willing to run. He's the opposite of timing, where he just wants to run and get in those positions. Like The thing is with timing... We, we, we've, to be honest, I think it's coming to the end of time, and to be honest with Fosu. But, you know, he, he doesn't need somebody around him to make him play, if you know what I mean. With time, and he, yeah. he sort of walks around with his mouth open until Thompson passes him through or whatever, where Fosu will chase the ball down, he recovers it yeah, well. Yeah, but time, and is now a player, Fosu's on loan. That's the big difference. But the good thing is about Fosu, his contract's up at the end of the season at Brentford, so there's a big chance we could get him on a free yeah, transfer. Yeah, so that's that's a good sign with this with this loan. He just brought a new dimension to the game, Foster, which I really liked. He was he was linking well with Smallbone, but he was getting up the pitch, which is what we've been lacking for all of Michael O'Neill's time, and well, even with Nathan Jones, where we just we were constantly unblocking because the, the wing backs weren't getting forward and backwards. But the good thing is we're having a left back at centre back, which. We, with Fox and if he can go in that steady role that he did again yesterday it means that we've got support as a left back Lauren can drop deep and become a makeshift centre back where Fosu can break the ball forward and just do the attacking work it is actually working yeah. now I'm understanding why we're playing him there at left wing back because we've got Fox to cover which is brilliant to see and he gets a good mark from me he gets an 8 because I think Fosu's going to be a really important player for us this season right so now we move into Another contender for man of the match, and that's got to be a man who we thought we wanted to get rid of about it was a month ago. Andrew, we were talking about let's give him back Southampton, and that's Smallbone. You were saying that. You were um, saying that as well, Andrew. I you? thought his goal was really good. I mean, it was a class move, as I say. Fox headed it down. Gale, who never stopped running, just got a lovely cross in, and um, he slammed it away. It, the funny part for me was there was only Tyrese Campbell around at the start to congratulate him and he didn't really know what to do which he said afterwards in the interview I'm not 100% convinced about him but he's much much better than he was I, I want him to do really well at Stoke and he's clearly got better and better as, he, as he's gone on so um, I'll give him an 8th as well good goal yeah and you you wanted to let him go you agreed with me and so let's just get that in in your dreams you admitted you wanted him gone as well but the, <laughs> the big improvement that's come in I mean beautifully time running to the box that was and that's Congratulations to him. That's his first professional career goal that he's put yeah. in the back of the way net there. It's a good one as well. Ran in beautifully. Yeah. Gail picked him out just right. Bang. Solid, sharp bottom corner. Brilliant. 
absolutely brilliant to see because this is a young player that's trying to make his name in the game and you know you never know if Southampton don't really rate him or whatever there's a chance we could get him as well he's only got one year of his contract after next season so maybe a million deal we could get this lad over the line you know now we've gone from Yuan's wanting him gone in January to let's get him permanently in the summer it's, yeah, it's, but this is you talking, not me, you know. Uh, right, I'm just, just telling you, just reminding you. Right, so now we're moving to... Oh, I'll give him an eight, by the way, because I just realised it. Right, so Dwight Gale, next. I thought he ran himself into the ground, and every match he deserves a goal. It has to come eventually. But he made the first. He just caused all sorts of trouble for Preston with his running and his movements. And from a lot of people saying he, he was not going to make it, he was over the hill, um, I'd have several of him who were over the hill and not going to make it, because it's only a matter of time as far as I'm concerned. And he's getting an eight from me too. Uh, he's getting a nine from me, Gail. I thought he was brilliant yesterday in his link-up play with Campbell. He was moving the ball at just the right paces. He was unlucky just before the goal went in from Smallbone where... You know, the shot was blocked and the heady, that how did that not go in? So unlucky with that heady that just yeah. went wide of the post. And to be honest, he, he created the chance well. It was a good ball in the box because he had no idea that Smallbone was coming in at that point. A really good pass. And he, he, I think, I think, and I said this the other day, that I think once Gale gets up and running with a goal, and if Campbell can stay the way he is at the moment, we have got a chance here. We have got a chance, but it's got to carry on, hasn't it? That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, that's... that's. Look, we can look at Nottingham Forest last season and um, how they came from nowhere and Huddersfield as well. So um, there's plenty of examples. It's just we've got to continue playing as we are now and get all the injured players back. And then uh, maybe maybe the Watford game will be a blessing in disguise. Yeah, it, it could be. Right, now we go into easily man of the match with an outstanding 10, first of the season, Tyrese Campbell. Deluded, man, you're deluded. I know you're, not, I know you're not a fan of Tyrese. I'm just giving him a 10. I'm just giving him a 10. It was, it, was just, it was just the goal alone, and I don't care. Listen, <laughs> the goal was great. The goal, goal was great. He waited that fraction of a second to see the space to score. I'm not knocking his goal. He looked absolutely exhausted at the end. Um, I do wonder uh, if he'll he'll play on Tuesday the full match. Um, I thought he played very very well, but uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's it. He's getting an eight from me. Oh, Ange, what? I know you're not a big fan of Tyrese, but you come not, on. I'm not a big fan. You you, know, you are basing um, his ten on a good goal. No. It was a really really good goal. You're not telling me he was the best player on the pitch for Stoke. You're not telling me he was better than Fosu. You're not telling me he was better than Laurent. You're not telling me he was better than Jaggy Elka. He was way better, Ange. That, okay. Yeah, I just well, thought I, I, I liked... That's what I love about sports, Ian. Everybody has an opinion, and a lot of the time you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Angela, you, you can't be right all the time, and this is a case. Um, I, I thought Campbell looked like the old Campbell yesterday and he was bombing the ball down he was getting the crowd up but not only that the goal was goal of the season so far for me beautiful little touch it was a Shimmy, very good goal. brilliant goal absolutely brilliant that's that's a 10 alone that's a 10 if Len was here now he'd be you holding the 10 small bones, good. no no it was way okay. better the technique the movement the little shimmy with two defenders in front of him find the space bottom corner beautiful beautiful it was 
And like I said, if ten, if Len was here, he'd be holding a ten up. You know that as well. Okay. Man. But right, we move into the substitutes, which were. Um, Lucas. No, we're not going into that one first. Don't depress people. Delap. For Campbell. Right. Okay. I thought he 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 had this ability to break the game up a little bit, but I I find him because he's so desperate to do well. I find it really. Um, I find him a bit too physical at times. He's going to give away too many fouls if he carries on. Yeah, I mean, I I like the lap. I think he's he's a raw he's raw into it at the moment. He's 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 finding his way, and it's great to see him get up and running as well against Sheffield United. Beautifully taken goal. I think the right thing's been done being put back onto the bench. I was calling for that for a while. I think we've built him up to be a real star of the of the light at the moment, but he, I don't think he's quite there yet. I think he's got to earn his way into this team. And yeah, but it's hard, isn't it? You know, he's coming into championship football. He's not really played first-team football. I do like his passion for the club. I do think he will be uh, better and better as the season goes on. Um, I'm giving him a seven. Uh, I'll give him a five because I do that with every sub. Um, now, Klukas for Smallbone. I didn't think I'd be saying this again. I think he's done really well since Alex Neal's been, been the manager. I thought he did well when he came on uh, and I'm giving him a seven as well. Uh, a five from me. I, to be honest, I thought he did well um, when he came on. I thought he was... You, you know, he was keeping pressure on the Preston back, like, well, midfield. He was pushing the ball up. And to be honest, we know he can be a good player. I, th- I don't yeah. think Michael O'Neill knew how to play him. Or, well, I know he did at the beginning, but I, I don't know. It's strange, Klukas, isn't he? He's always been this kind of player that waves in and out. He reminds me with Bojan's. Remember Bojan's form? How he'd go through like real good spells of brilliance, then go pretty pants. Klukas seems yeah, yeah. to... Seems pretty to be pants, the, very pants, yeah. Well, you know what I mean, but... Yeah. Klukas is the same, where he goes in very wavy form. I can understand why one minute he's going for 15 million to Swansea, and the next minute he's going on a free transfer. On a free. To, yeah, yeah. You, you, I can see it with him. But, you know, I'm not, I still don't want him his contract renewed at the end of the season, and I think it is his final year at Stoke. But if he comes off the bench and has an impact like that, it's only going to be good news for me. He did well, and that's why he gets a five, because he's a sub. I'm not changing that rule. Right, so. Okay. Clark for Gale. I, I, he came on too late to do anything, so on your system, he's a five from me. Uh, five from me, and Len. Uh, right, so the rest of the substitutes that weren't used were, Ange, if you can remind me, because... I, I can't. I, we got Bonham. Bonham's one of them, we know that, always Bonham. Dimaggio, right, Philip. Yeah, he's one of them. And I can't remember the other two. Uh, Barrow, I think. I've lost it. Right, we'll carry on. Right, so we'll go into the whole performance rating, Ange. Uh, nine. I'm going to go over ten, mainly because of Campbell. And now we go to the referee rating. I thought he was okay. Eight. Eight. I'm going to give him a nine for not giving that obvious penalty for him, Phil Jagielka, which was pretty frightening, to be honest. And he, he he let the game go, didn't he? He wasn't he, he wasn't being a you know a nuisance or an attention seeker that's putting his hand up every five minutes. He let the game go. Nice flow. Yeah. Right now we'll give Mister Alex Neal his rating. Uh, I'll give him a nine too because uh, 
I thought it was the perfect away performance. And the only way I would have given him 10 is if we'd have scored three. Yeah, he's getting nine from me. I thought he tactically we were well well done. I thought the the whole way we were playing was brilliant. We looked fit, we looked sharp, and we're at them all game. They just couldn't handle us. We were we were so strong. The fitness of them has drastically improved, and it's pretty amazing what's gone on with this team, Anti, so far. When he hasn't got a single player he wants in yet. This is the he, these are all Michael O'Neill's well, players. He has. He's got Sterling in. Well, stealing the deal, that deal was pretty much done before he signed. That was done near enough, what, a day after he come. So he wouldn't have had a lot to do with that, unless he's very quick. <laughs> I don't think that's him. Well, I think there's um, there's two ways of looking at it, isn't there? And, and I, I did jokingly say after the match yesterday, the break could come at the wrong time for us, because we're now gaining momentum, and there's some stupid little competition called the World Cup going to stop the season. And we might be looking such that you know, we haven't got that many players that will be going uh, to the World Cup. But I just... Momentum's a massive thing, and now we've got the momentum going. You look at the fixtures we've got now between now and the World Cup break. Yeah, we've got Rotherham and Coventry at home. On paper, they're very easy. Norwich away, that'll be difficult. Wigan away is always difficult. Then we've got Birmingham at home and West Brom away. And of those matches, I'd be looking to say we could win at least five of them. And if you win five of them um, and you just lose to Norwich, then you've got a really good chance of being in the top six at the break. That's my concern. Uh, that You know, the, look, we're in a much better position than we might have been a few weeks ago. So, Rotherham, here we come. Well, that's the next game, obviously. I mean, to be honest, I've seen improvements under Michael. Oh, I keep saying Michael. <laughs> <laughs> the names are too similar, and um, I think Alex has obviously mainly gone for fitness, Anti. I think that's what he's been looking at, and I think it's had a big impact on the squad, really. Because let's be honest, we were all kicking off about a month ago after the Watford defeat that the formation just isn't working. Well, it's working now. I mean, we've got we've managed to get a, a point against the league leader Sheffield uh, Burnley. We've managed to beat Sheffield United, who are second, I think, or third. And yeah. then we've gone and beaten Preston. I don't know where Preston are. I'd have to have a look. But but it's that's that's incredible, isn't it? Really, I, I mean, well, we're both optimistic now, aren't we? We were being pessimistic before. Now now we're optimistic, and you just have got to stay onwards and upwards, haven't you? But the problem um, is, Andrew, every time we do that, they start losing again. <laughs> yeah, and and, and it's, it would be so stoke to go and play rubbish against Rotherham, who haven't won away yet this season. And they're looking at their home form to keep them up. So, I mean, it's just typical Stoke, isn't it? Right, well, it is, yeah. So, we'll go into Rotherham next, which is under the lights on the Tuesday night, which is normally our forte. What are your feelings on this game? Because I've got, I've got a feeling I'm going to absolutely batter these. Well, that's what I want to happen. But I do think if we, um, if we try and lump balls into the box, which we tend to do if we're losing... Um, we won't win because uh, they're pretty good in the air. I think the way we'll beat them is if we play the ball around on the floor. We've got enough good players to do that. Uh, they they are due a win away from home, even though they're not the greatest team in the world. And let's hope it's not at Stoke on uh, Tuesday. But I'm optimistic. I think we'll win it. Uh, I think the one thing that's now they've got in their favour is that they'll be happy and comfortable having won. Uh, momentum's with them and I think they'll basically 
do a number on them. That's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking, and hoping and praying. But in the real world, you know what we're like when we play teams we should beat. So it's going to be interesting, isn't it? It's going to be interesting because Rotherham are a team I don't know a lot about, to be honest. I mean, did they come up second last year from League One? Yeah, I think. They, well, I think pretty sure they did. But they're um, they're they're a quite hard working team, as you would expect. And I, th- I think they'll take a bit of breaking down. Well, that's where we all of a sudden become a little bit good at. You know, Preston are, are a, a good defensive unit. That's where they've been getting their points from. Is being hard I to break they through. Were poor yesterday, Ian. Yeah, they were poor I yesterday. Thought... I agree with yeah. you. I think we made them poor, to be honest, because they couldn't yeah. handle the pace of us. Um, I think Rotherham are there for the taking, but I've, I've got a feeling Gale might get up and running. And I've got a feeling if we can get round the back and take advantage of our pace now, and you, st- I think this is the big difference now because we've got Fossil on the left and we've got Sterling on the right. We've got pace to break down them wings now. And it's making yeah. such a difference to our forward line, which is why we absolutely destroyed Sheffield United for me. I've got a feeling on a 5 nil here. I've, I've got oh a feeling. Oh, my God. I've got a feeling on a 5 nil. I think the way we're wow. attacking, the way we're playing, they're there for the taking for me. I know they've got a good midfielder, which I've got. is he? Bilis, I can't think of his name. He's a good midfielder. But if we can... If we can, for me, no change in the team. Keep going with what we've got. But I would be tempted to bring the lap in for Gale because of his height. I, I was thinking more about Jagielka having a rest. It's a big ask for somebody of 40, however fit you are, to, to play three games so quickly. I think he might bring Aidan Flint in. And I think Aidan oh. Flint would probably do OK against a team like Rotherham because they're aerial balls if they get up front. Um, but it's... Uh, I also looked last night, and without wishing to to worry anybody, Fox didn't look in too good a state when he went off. And whatever you think about Fox, I thought he played well, as we've said today. Um, he adds balance to the team, and I think he was struggling going off. And I also think Campbell looked a little bit uh, the worse for wear when he went off. I think there'll be a couple of changes midweek. Right, so go through your squad and what you pick for Rotherham. Well, I'd pick an unchanged team. Um, if... if, if everything being equal but I think he, he may put Flint in for Jagielka and if if Fox isn't fit then he'll bring Clark in and move Wilmot across um, and I'm, I don't quite know what he'll do up from I think he'll stick with the same players if Campbell isn't fit then obviously Dilap will come in but if, he, if I could I, I'd work with the same team but you've got to think that you know you've got a 40 year old who will probably be better suited to play against Coventry than against sorry We'll, we'll miss him less, I think, against Coventry than um, we would against... Sorry, we'll miss him less against Rotherham than we would against Coventry. And I think that's important. And I don't think Alec Neil, Alex Neil is frightened of changing his personnel. And you've got players like Clark who want to come back in now and, and want to play more. And Klukas is another one that'll be keen to play. And Jordan Thompson was the one we missed out, wasn't it? Yeah, Off yeah. the bench. Yeah, he'll be keen to play too. So what's your team? I... Pretty much stick with the same team. You know, you know my my opinions on Flint. Um, I'd leave him in the reserves. I'd like to see Connor Taylor come in for Fox. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't mind Connor Taylor coming back. Because I, I think, just think Flint's aerial ability. The problem is for me is with Fox. Is that I mean with Taylor? I think he's been mistreated a bit here because he's been amazing this season, and and all of a sudden he's been dropped. And I know it doesn't matter now because we're winning, but I. 
yeah. I'd like to see Connor Taylor come in for Fox. Um, if Jagielka isn't fit, then obviously I'd put Flint in with a massive... I don't really want to. Clark, I think, would... See, I don't touch the wing-backs. The wing-backs have to stay every week for me now, Fosu and Sterling. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that either. And if Wilmot... It's a nice, isn't it a nice problem to be talking about, though, rather than who have we got that's going to play left-back and who have we got going to play midfield because of so many injuries? Isn't it a nice problem to have? It's it's a great feeling to, to for the major improvement that, that Sterling and Fosu have meant. The only problem is that... Neither of them are all playing. But, but, no, but, yeah. But they have done well since they've come in and they, they've brought a real energy to the team which is making us look like a good side for the first time in about four years. So we're, we're, we're looking strong and I've got a feeling we'll we'll smash Rotherham as long as the manager doesn't make too many mistakes. I mean, I would be tempted to bring the lap back in because of his aerial ability because they're going to be obviously very physical at the back. They've got a very tall back line. Um, the lap... Could he's, he's strong enough to hold them off, which is weird for a man of his age. It's quite crazy yeah. how big he's, he's like. He's like about a clear foot above his dad as well, isn't he? I mean, it, yeah, yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a big lad and he's a strong lad. But there's only one thing that I would say out of the current team, um, and that is Bursic, as well as much as he didn't have a great deal to do, his kicking needs to improve. His kicking's not great. Yeah, especially for modern goalkeepers because they're all basically sweepers now, aren't they? So it's a, yeah. it is it is something he's got to improve on. I mean, but he's the best we've got at the moment until we can get oh, Everson. I'm not knocking him. I think he, I think he will be an outstanding keeper in due course. But he needs to work on his kicking. Yeah, I agree. Right, so we move into the next game, which is Coventry, which is Saturday. Yeah, it's a game that when I look back at last season. When we got a draw, do you remember the last home game where we were lucky to get a draw? They had a bad start because the pitch was bad and now they're playing catch-up in games. This will be a difficult game, but I fully expect Stoke to win it. Yeah, I do. I think this will be another battering for Stoke. I think they're going to go in and give them a good idea, really, Coventry. I'm, I'm, I'm quite amazed by Coventry this season because they're obviously right at the bottom of the table. I know they've had problems with the pitch because... I don't know why. Was it badly laid and they can't afford to put a new one down or something? Um, yeah. Well, they've been on. They, I know they've got a case soon as well where they might have to not play at the Rico until the pitch has been sorted. And the, the owners of the ground, who aren't Coventry City's owners, are saying they're refusing to put it down. So, you know, it, 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 it never seems to rain it pours for Coventry until it has for the last 20 years. But. Are they? Do you reckon they'll stay up? Do you reckon they're just in a bad plight at the moment? I think Coventry will stay up. Yeah, I think Coventry will stay up. Um, I, I think they've got enough about them to to stay up. Definitely, definitely. I don't care what happens to them. Actually, I know that sounds awful, but I, I just I feel that if if we're going to make anything out of this season, because people like yourself were saying that the season was written off already. Uh, and, and you only have to have two wins or two losses in this league to see how it it changes so quickly. Um, if we're going to do anything, we have, to, in my opinion, we have to prove we have to get six points this weekend, this week. In my opinion, to prove where we're at as, as a football club, good teams that are going to get promoted or going to get at least get in the playoffs will win both these matches. What do you think? I think if we win both of these matches, then it's time to get excited for me. Because that's but the rule. Do you think they'll win both of 
I don't think I, I think they'll smash Rotherham and I think they'll smash Coventry. I do, I, but I I think that's just because I'm a bit giddy. Yeah. After I, I, the one that worries me is Coventry. I think Rotherham we've we've got enough in the tank for for Rotherham. Coventry worries me because I, I know that they're in a false position. I know the bottom of the league and everyone will say we expect beat them, but they're a good side, Coventry, and I thought they were really unlucky last season not to not to be up there a bit higher on because they, they've got some good players I and mean, then they've got Wagon, who we know is like a brick wall it's going to be a tough game for Jaggy Elkin if he's up against him I know he's getting on a bit now I think he's 30, 31 but he's a good good powerful striker Wagon, good in the air for, for me if we, I've got I've, I've, we've got enough in the tank beat these and I think that we've, we've got to look to that now if we want to be a team that's going to be taken serious from now on and the team that Alex Neil wants to get promotion we've got to get six points this week because we, like yeah. you said before we've got the World Cup coming up soon it's going to be difficult to kick momentum in after that if Alex Neil doesn't get enough friendlies in or whatever but We've got to beat these two teams. If we are, we could be right up there. We could be in the playoffs if we, if by the end of next week. Then this time next week, we could be in the playoffs, and we're talking about, you know, where we're going to stand when the buzz with the promotion party happens. You know, it, it's it's got. We've got to aim for it, haven't we? We've got to try and get six points here. Oh yeah. What do you think we'll get though? Uh, I know you've said you worried. I think we'll get six points, but. That's because of my heart's talking, but if my head talks, I think we'll get a point against Coventry. But I don't think we'll lose either game. That's one no, thing. You, so long as, so long as um, we don't draw them both, you'd take that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. But I'd be very disappointed if we drew them both. And I'd, and I'd want a new manager in. No, I'm only joking. But no. <laughs> I think it's no. it's it's been an improvement. I mean, if we look at the league table, I mean, Rotherham are only a point behind us. You know, we're only, what, three points away from six, which is Reading. And I don't know how they've got there, really. We've, they haven't really spent any money and somehow Reading a six. You, you know, Coventry are bottom. Huddersfield, I think, are going to go, in my opinion. And Middlesbrough. Yeah. Our Middlesbrough third bottom with their squad. It, it's frightening, isn't it? I know Wilder's gone now, but it's a diff... It, it's, I mean, Watford. You know, Billich come in, got a great result against us and then lost two games in a row, haven't he? Then I think they won yeah. last night. So, they're 10th. It's a strange league. Birmingham City, I had odds on. I was going to put a big bet on them finishing stone ball bottom of the league. They're above us. It's it's a strange How season. You know, though, the only time it really matters is uh, the last day of the season. Yes, it does, and that's where it goes in. Right, now before we wrap up, that's the end of the men's part. Now we're going to the women's. How have they got on this weekend? Uh, well... How can I put this now? Um, on Thursday, the first team played Baldmere St Michael's at home, a team that we had beaten in the Cup 4-2 there. And I can honestly say, Stoke played them off the pitch and lost 2-1 thanks to two defensive mistakes um, and a worldy from their goalkeeper. Their goalkeeper had a worldie. I felt so sorry for our players. They gave their all, so they lost. Uh, they haven't got a game today. Next Sunday they play at Huddersfield away. Um, and the County Cup match uh, for the reserves is going on at the moment. But just an indication of, of how women's football is being better supported now. Um, Nottingham Forest women have played Derby County women today. 
at the city ground and 5,082 people have been to that game um, which I think is absolutely brilliant and I know that um, Stoke are going to play at the Bet365 Stadium against I think it's going to be West Brom um, and I'm hoping that everybody will turn up for that game because that would be absolutely brilliant if that happened uh, so the county cup match is going on as we speak uh, the reason I can't give you the result is that one of the officials hadn't made it, so kickoff was delayed, I believe. Um, but the County Cup is for the reserves, and, and let's hope they uh, they do well in that. So that's all I can give you on that. However, anybody that wants to come along, I mean, we had really good support uh, on Thursday. Anybody that wants to come along, come along and support the women because they are part of the club. They don't get paid. They they really love playing. It's a bit like you and me, and if we had a chance of playing for Stoke, we would run through brick walls to play for Stoke, and that's what the women do. They obviously don't play for the money because they don't get any. Um, some of them barely get their expenses, and when you think some of our players go to uni and college, it's, um, it's really hard to um, understand how they can afford it in some ways, and, and you're playing against some people that are paid sizable amounts of money um, it just proves how much they love the football club and I've I've got to say that they deserve every bit of success they get uh, they won't win the league this season I'm pretty sure but they'll they'll come close to finishing in the top three or four and um, then hopefully the club the coach family will give them more money to push on and that's really what they deserve well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great to see how the women are doing, you know, especially this season compared to obviously last season, I keep bringing up. But the, it's like you said there that these these ladies are all going to colleges and universities and stuff like that and they, they barely get paid. And it's it's, it's it's something to be quite proud of, really. That they're, they're doing all this just to wear the shirts compared to, you know, some of the our first team like men who are on 30 grand a week who don't even play. It's... Yeah. Really strange, isn't it? That kind of commitment, and it's it's good to see in in many in more ways than one, really. Um, and it, it, I think the this attendances, from what I've read, it was a couple of weeks ago that the, our attendances are slowly going up, aren't they? They've gone from being a few hundred to coming on a thousand now, from what I've been told. Yeah, and and it can only get better. And uh, there were two people that I met on. Thursday night at, at, at the game and both of them had not been to um, they're both Stoke fans they hadn't been to a, a women's game before and they both said they couldn't believe the standard and more importantly uh, they were so impressed with the atmosphere, the way the girls tried for the shirts so they said they would come um, come again and watch and watch and watch so more and more people that uh, come along and watch then the better it will be well, that's it. That's what we want to see. We want to see more people down there. I mean, I'm due to go down, to be honest. I haven't been down for a while. Um, and I will do soon. I think next time we're in a cup match, I'll get myself down if I'm not working, which tends to be all the time, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, anybody who's interested, get yourself down and get yourself down there. I mean, for me, I think they should be playing at the Bet365 a bit more, really, when they're getting Hi, crowds hey. like that. There's no, there's no harm in it being a Saturday and a Sunday for the ladies to play as well because the, the more fans we can get in, 
the more sponsorship, the more money week that we can put into the ladies' team, and then we might be able to push for the WSL where there is a little bit more money. There's a bit of a carrot there, isn't there, where these girls can earn more money. You know. Yeah, and a... you talk about you talk about sponsorship. Um, if anybody is listening to this podcast and would like to sponsor any of the girls individually or as a group, um, then please just get in touch with us um, because every little helps. Every small amount of money helps. These these girls, as I've said, play for nothing. They pay, pay for their own uh, boots. They pay their own petrol. Stoke provide the kits. They have to get to and from the games. Uh, and it's, it's hard. These, these girls play for the love of the football club. And as I say, every, every bit of money will help. So um, they aren't actually... Stoke aren't actually at home now till November, Ian. All their matches are away now. That's because they've been drawn away in the cup to Stockport. So they're at Huddersfield next week uh, in the league and then they're away at Stockport in the Cup and hopefully uh, you'll be at the next match at home, which will be against Derby County, I think it is. Oh, I hate yeah, Derby. I hate Derby. Anybody who yeah. knows me, I hate Derby. Don't like it. Well, him. you'll have to come along. I'll end up fighting, Ange. Doesn't matter. <laughs> we, we, accept, we accept people that fight. Don't worry about that. <laughs> it, it's... it's um, it's going to be an interesting week, isn't it? It is. It's going to be an interesting week all round. I mean, we've got two big games this week where we could be sitting in a nice little playoff spot if things go well. But the thing is, if we win both of them games, automatic isn't impossible. Especially if a bit of funding comes in in January and they think, right, we'll go for it now as we're in the good position. You never know, do you? Not at all. I mean, and isn't it nice, though, that we're talking in a positive manner about um, about football again? Well, I'm hoping so. Every time we've done this, Ange, they've gone round and then lost three in a row. So <laughs> I'm hoping this time we can actually push on because it's like I've said before, the only hope I want to have been looking for like, since we've been relegated, really, was a good run where I can go, I want to get behind it again and get excited. I can't remember the last time we had one. I really no. can't remember where we had like four or five wins in a row where we're thinking, wow, we're on here. And this is the closest I've felt to be honest, where we, we look strong because it's happened before with Michael O'Neill where we, we had like a back-to-back win but it was like 1-0 and 2-1 and it was scraped whereas, whereas Sheffield United we batted and Preston we've batted so it feels different this time, doesn't it? Yeah, well on that note I think we ought to wrap up before you become insanely stupid and think we're going to be in the Champions League in about six months time Well, we can't do it in six months but six years you never know, Andrew Never know. But it's great that you're back with us, Ian, and um, I look forward to talking to you after we've got six points next week. Yep. Thanks for that, Ange. Thank you. So, if you enjoyed the podcast, make sure you follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Also, follow Angela Smith on Twitter because she's more involved on Twitter compared to me. If this is the first time you've listened to it and you found it by accident, the Potts podcast is on every platform you can think of that provides podcasts. Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, Whammy, everything you can find. So join. And if you are on iTunes, if you could do us a great honour and give us a five-star review, it means a hell of a lot to us here at the podcast. So enjoy and get involved. Thanks for listening. Ta-ra. All the best.